Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. Years ago, there was a television show called Mission Impossible. On that show, the detectives, the the heroes, would receive some kind of a tape. They would pick up a cassette tape. Some of you still remember what that is. And they would hear the mission that that was assigned to them. And then at the end of the assignment of that mission, it would say something to the effect of, should you decide to accept this mission, this tape will uh, self-destruct in 30 seconds. <laughs> well, uh, that is going quite a ways back into television history, and I just uh, dated myself. And, and some of you younger listeners are scratching your head wondering, what in the world is he talking about? Mission impossible. Christ followers have a mission, and it is a mission made possible by the power of the Holy Spirit and the plan of God. The New Testament book of Acts is a record, an historical account of the early church on that mission. So we look at it in uh, Acts chapter 1 and verses 1 to 8. And here we go. It says in verse 1, The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after he had been uh, by, by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Now, this is, in these first three verses of Acts chapter 1, is Dr. Luke's intro. Uh, Luke, the physician, is the writer, the author, the human author of the book of Acts. And in verse 1, he says, the first account I composed, he's referring back to the gospel of Luke, that he wrote about the life of Jesus. Now, the book of Acts is simply a continuation of that uh, ministry of Jesus post-resurrection and an account of the early New Testament church and and the goings-on of the early New Testament church. So in verse 4, the scripture says, "...gathering them together..." Uh, he commanded them, now this is Jesus gathering the apostles together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard of me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So this was Jesus, uh, again, reiterating a promise that he had made to his apostles on the night uh, before he died. And that is that he was going away, but he would send another comforter of the same kind. In other words, uh, God, the Holy Spirit, would come and he would be with them. Now Jesus is just restating that promise and he's telling them... This is going to happen soon, and you have to wait in Jerusalem. Don't go on any mission until you have the presence of the Holy Spirit, which will give you the power you need to carry out this mission. 
So, uh, the, the, the apostles are listening to this, and in verse 6, they ask a question, and in verse 7, they get that question answered by Jesus. Verse 6 says, So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? So they were still looking for uh, uh, Jesus to be the Messiah that was going to bring the kingdom back to Israel right then. And they were still kind of thinking politically at that point in the game. But Jesus said to them in verse 7, It is not for you to know the times or epochs which the Father has fixed by His own authority. Um, and, and it's made very clear there that when the kingdom is actually restored, when Jesus actually uh, uh, rules in his kingdom on this earth through Israel is, is something that the Father knows and it is not for us Christ followers to know. But verse 8 says, but... So he said, you don't, you, it's not for you to know these times, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Uh, so he's coming. He is going to be sent to this earth and he will come upon you and he will indwell you. And when, when that happens, you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. And so Jesus said, uh, listen, uh, apostles, listen, followers, here it is. You don't have to worry about when I'm coming again. You don't have to worry about those future events. You don't know when it's going to happen. But you're going to have Holy Spirit power to carry out this mission that I have sent you on, this mission that I'm telling you about. And uh, that, that's, that is his commission. He restates this commission again that he has stated in all four Gospels. You are going to be my witnesses uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. By the way, uh, this mission is not impossible. This mission is, as I said earlier, made possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we have been given this really good news. We call it the Gospel. That's just what the gospel means. This really good news that Jesus died, buried, and rose again from the dead to pay the penalty for our sins so that when we place our faith in Him, in His finished work, our sins can be forgiven, His righteousness can be applied to us, we are reconciled to God, we are given hope, uh, fixed and absolute and sure hope for eternity, eternity and an eternal relationship with God. That's the good news. That's the really good news. And He said, you're going to be witnesses of that good news. Now that word witness there is the word from which we get our English word, transliterate our English word, martyr. And um, a witness is someone that simply uh, tells what they've seen and heard and experienced and know to be true. And uh, that word, uh, though, eventually came to be associated with those that were giving their lives, that were giving their lives for the cause. Witnesses. You will be witnesses. And, and many of those that listened and heard that original commission from the lips of Jesus... Uh, were martyrs that really actually gave their life. <clears throat> but uh, it goes on to say, you'll be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. So here we have the progression of that mission geographically. 
So it was going to start right there in the hometown of Jerusalem, and th- and then they would go uh, out to the surrounding areas of Judea and Samaria. So it's like uh, going out to your county and then uh, and your state, and then uh, over to the next door uh, country or state, and that would have been Samaria. But then it didn't stop there. It said even to the remotest part of the earth that this the gospel is going to geographically progress in that fashion. So the book of Acts is given to us so that we can see the acts of the early church, but more importantly, the acts of the Holy Spirit through the early church, and we can get a record of how the early church actually carried out this mission and learn from that and understand what God is doing even in the world today. So the mission begins uh, just a few days later, about a week later, after Jesus ascended, uh, on the day of Pentecost. And Pentecost meant uh, 50 days. It was 50 days after the Passover. They would they would celebrate uh, the, the, the Passover of the booths or the Passover of the um, harvest. And these believers were the first fruits of the harvest of this brand new church. And uh, so on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. He empowered them. Peter got up and preached an incredible message of the gospel. 3,000 people were saved and baptized that day. And that was the beginning there at Jerusalem. And many of you are familiar, familiar with that story. But then I, I, I love verse 47 of, the, of that uh, chapter, chapter 2, where it says, They were praising God and having favor with all the people. Listen to this. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. And so right there in Jerusalem on a daily basis, on a daily basis, people were continuing to be saved and were adding to their number as these uh, apostles and these followers of Jesus shared the good news. Over in chapter 5, uh, verse 14, it says, And all the more believers in the Lord, multitudes of men and women were constantly added to their number. This is still taking place in Jerusalem. There, There is an amazing move of the Spirit of God as these people faithfully declared the, the message, the really good news. There's an amazing movement of the Spirit of God there in, in, uh, in Jerusalem. And verse 42 of chapter 5 says, And every day in the temple... And from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Oh, my goodness. They were serious about being on this mission here in Jerusalem. They are every day, every day. Uh, they were in the temple and they were going house to house and they kept on proclaiming this good news, this really good news. They're on a mission and, and as they proclaimed it, God used it and God was adding to their number and God was saving, was saving people there. But, you know, it says that Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, we're still in Jerusalem, but chapter 8 of Acts records uh, a transition. It says, in verse 1, Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. Now, that's referring back to ver- chapter 7 where the first recorded martyr, um, Stephen, is stoned to death. And this young man, Saul, is holding the coats of those that are throwing the stones. And he is co- in hearty agreement with putting them to death. And Saul, you know, is the one that later converted and became Paul and the great apostle Paul. So <clears throat> on that day, the scripture says, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And it says in verse 4, Therefore those who had been scattered went about 
preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. And so you see... Uh, this mission was being confined to Jerusalem, and God said, no, it's going to be in Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. And so uh, a little persecution came in, a lot of persecution came in, and it scattered them out of Jerusalem. Did they give up? No. Uh, did they, did they uh, put the barriers up? No. It says they were scattered, and everywhere they went, they kept on proclaiming the good news in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in Samaria. But then chapter 13 uh, records the beginning of it going out to the rest of the world. In chapter 13, uh, Paul now, uh, he's still called Saul at this moment, is a part of the leadership at the church at Antioch. And they prayed and fasted and they were before the Lord and the Lord said, send out uh, uh, Saul, uh, soon to be called Paul, and Barnabas. And this is the first recorded uh, part of Paul's first of three missionary journeys that he took over his lifetime and it took him to all parts of the known world. And churches were established all over. And uh, God used Paul to write uh, 13 of the books of the New Testament, the great books that we get all of our doctrine and our and, and our instructions from. And so God used that. And so the gospel went out to the known world in Paul's day. And they really did cover Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even the remotest part of the world. And, um, and church history records that the continuing mission has gone on over the last 2,000 years. The mission is still going, and God's people are still on the move presently all around the world, even in places where there's great persecution against the church. Uh, the mission is, is going on. The good news is getting out. People are being saved. Jesus is building His church. I want you to know that is an absolute fact. Aren't you glad of that? The really good news is going forth, and it is a powerful message. And we're going to be talking about that on the next podcast. Until then, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.